things that we're going to cover today. Sage words of wisdom, especially when you and your spouse are merging your finances. If you received unemployment or a stimulus check in 2020, we'll tell you how it'll impact your taxes. Speaking of taxes, I think I found the only person who does not mind paying for taxes. We'll get to that. (laughs) And a good activity to do with your kids to teach them about paying yourself first. All of that today on the 7 Figures Podcast, Smart Money Strategies for Women. Thank you for making time to be here. If you could take a a quick second and just click subscribe, leave us a a rating and review, share this podcast with a a friend that you care about would be awesome. I want to help you get to that point where you have a good understanding of what's going on with your money. So you never feel like someone's talking down to you. You feel like you're in control and confident about your finances. You know exactly what to do. But most importantly, I want to get you to that point where you have that peace of mind that everything is going to be okay. All right, before we chat with Joanne Ryan talking about how she merged her finances with her husband and how they run the family budget, let's start the show with no dumb questions. So with no dumb questions today, a little bit different, we have CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. And this is a replay of a conversation that we had on the morning radio show. This was just after the Super Bowl, so she refers to that. But it was really good information about taxes and what to expect come tax time if you received a stimulus check or an unemployment check. Um, But she also gets into how much she freaking loves taxes or doesn't mind it, I should say, even though it angers me. But anyhow, Jill Schlesinger, this is from the Radio Morning Show here on the podcast. I'm wearing my CBS sports hat after the Super Bowl. I saw it. You know, yeah. the most boring game ever. Except for the worst. streaker. Except for the streaker. That was funny. Still not interesting. Not interested. <laughs> not interested at all. Hey, I did, see a, all. I did see a follow-up story. I saw it yesterday, but today I see again that he placed a bet in Vegas on himself that there would be a, a Vegas, uh, like a you know one of those prop bets. And, oh, really? Yeah, he ended up taking home 345000 Okay, I love that. <laughs> that I like. I like that. It cost him a grand to bail himself out of jail. And he had a friend start like the the fake streaking in the other direction, so everybody started chasing after him, and then he got out and ran further than Kansas City did the whole game. So wait, wow. how much did you say, Scotty? He he won. He put a fifty thousand dollar bet down. Yeah, but what was the grand total that he won? Three forty five. Three hundred forty five. Okay, so yeah. Jill Schlesinger, when we when he goes to do his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> How much is he really getting? <laughs> uh, well, let's just let, let's do the round numbers. Let's pretend it's just three hundred thousand. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he is three hundred thousand dollars of short-term capital gains. Mm-hmm. So that three hundred thousand is taxed at his ordinary tax bracket. So let's see. Let's pretend that I'm going to get my little tax chart out here. Oh, cool. So oh, you got um, a tax chart? Oh, come on. Yeah. How fun. Oh, you do? Oh, and it's oh, laminated. Okay. Oh, I love it. Uh, so I know you want one of those. Yeah. Uh, so let's say I'm putting my readers on, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's single. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's single and he makes more than 200 let's call it $8,000, mm-hmm. all of that money is taxed at 35%. So let's just round it. So 300000 he made. <laughs> right. He gives got to give about a third to the fed right got to give a bunch of money to new york state so of the 300 he probably ends up with like 
175. Oh, I mean, uh, 175. Geez. 175. So almost 175. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I what find? Do you mean? <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> I know you're all about we have to pay taxes and stuff. You're the overly positive person when it comes to that. I am the opposite. So What do you mean? What? So when you, like, there have been times, explain this to me, there have yeah. been times where, you know, we'll have side income coming in because we're trying to, right? Just hustle. Yeah. Everybody's hustle, got a hustle. Right? Yeah. got a little side hustle. But it almost is like a wash or I end up paying more oh because my of my <laughs> Look at the violin she's playing. <laughs> See this overly positive person right here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. This is not overly positive, but it's like, oh, my God, people are really, they lose their minds. You still made money. I remember people would have this argument with me. They're like, the government's taking all my money, so I'm not going to work. I'm like, yeah, not really? Because you know what? I'm l- okay, here's the only time it does. It's true. Okay. It's you have a side hustle and you have to hire a babysitter mm-hmm. while you're doing that side yeah, hustle uh-huh. to pay for the time away. And net uh-huh. net, after you pay for your babysitter, pay your taxes, you don't end up with that much money. But still, most working mothers that I know, they're like, I would pay the government to get away from my kids for two hours. <laughs> So true. Anyway, it's not to, and this is, by the way, also to, as a reminder, tax season opens this Friday, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Two, 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 three weeks late, by the way. Um, oh. April 15th is the deadline. So no, no, stop praying that they're going to extend it. They're not going to. Not like last year. Not going right. To. Not like mm-hmm. last year. Two big things. Stimulus dollars. They are not taxable. So don't worry. Oh. You got a $1,200 oh, okay. check last year. Maybe you got 500 per kid fantastic it's yours don't worry good news the bad news is that there are a lot of people who say they think they got shortchanged on their stimulus money uh, how would that happen well it's based it was based on your last the prior year's tax return maybe you lost your job in the middle of the year right maybe you had a baby and it, you weren't you didn't have a baby in tax year 2019 and you're due 500 bucks the only way to get that money is to file your taxes and get a recovery rebate credit. And that oh. means even if you didn't file, like there are a lot of people who didn't file taxes because they didn't make enough money. If you want to get that stimulus money and you think, oh, they'll just give it to me, uh-uh, you still have to file. You ready for this? Line 30 on your 1040. Uh-huh. So line 30, that's your, your magic. So. If you want to get, if you think you got screwed on your stimulus, you got to do that. Look at Scott right now. You're taking notes. He's taking notes. I'm writing it down. Pardon me? What are you talking about? Go to my website, jillonmoney.com. I get, you know, that's just the easiest way to do it. You're right. It's, it's, that's it's, right. it's, all, it's, it's all on the block. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> unemployment benefits, people think this is a huge rip-up. People like Sandy think this is a big rip-up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Why should I pay tax on unemployment? That's Listen, right. I don't like giving people my money unless i get oh to control what they God. do with it if oh i could uh, okay never mind i know go i'm gonna stop talking just go at it because, <laughs> okay. because i'm great I, this is how we know sandy right i mean but but if i can listen to an expert explain to her maybe she'll understand a little bit how it works Sandy, yes i'm stubborn italian you're not going to change my mind I even know. though it could be facts okay oh, it's funny i just you should get this i'm going to have this guy on my podcast um I'm going to interview him, but hold on. It's this guy. Hold on. Here's Tim Harford. Tim Harford. Okay. Okay. He wrote a book called The Data Detective. Uh-huh. Um, he writes about how people just don't like to believe statistics. 
and you can lie with statistics, and they don't like numbers, and you really can't convince people like Sandy, uh-huh. even though she is mathematically inclined. Right, yeah. Um, that it's hard to convince them no matter what. So um, let me just explain to you. Unemployment benefits are taxable. Why are they taxable? Because this is money that you are receiving in lieu of your income. It's basically considered compensation. Now, the good news is if you receive unemployment, you're not paying FICA taxes. You don't have to pay into Social Security. You don't have to pay that part of the taxes, but you do have to pay federal and, in some cases, state tax on the unemployment benefits you receive. So if you did not withhold last year when you got unemployment, maybe you didn't check the box. Maybe you really needed the money. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. You're going to owe Uncle Sam money. And by the way, you're going to owe the state of New York money because we are one of the states that taxes unemployment benefits. Sandy, if you don't like that, let me just tell you where you can move. (laughs) Yeah, please tell me. No, I understand that. How about Alabama? You want to live in Alabama? They got no state. They Uh got no state income tax. Uh You can move to Alabama. Mm. You can move to Montana. Mm. You can move to New Hampshire. All the places where, you know, essentially you're not a New Yorker. Good luck. Goodbye. We don't want you if you don't want to pay. Oh, my God. Don't so easily kick me out of the the state. state. Not only does she want to move out of the state because of taxes and stuff, but she hates the cold weather, too. So I don't know. Oh, let me give you one. Hold on. Yes. Uh, Florida. You can move to Florida. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you can move to what's warm? Tennessee. Yeah. Warmish. Florida. Oh, California. But they have a very high state income tax. Uh Oh, yeah. Uh, They don't tax. They don't tax unemployment benefits, but California. So here are your choices: Alabama, California, <laughs> Florida, mm-hmm, um, Tennessee. I'm Texas. taking a world tour this summer. Yeah, I can see Texas. Which- Texas. Texas. What's um, Texas like? Okay. Texas is nice. They have terrible schools. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia. That's about as south as you can go. Yeah. Anyway, so in that case, Sandy, when you leave New York and lose your job mm-hmm. and no other intercom station hires you, your unemployment <laughs> benefits won't be taxed. And I can't call Auntie Jill because she ain't helping me. <laughs> Not on that one. Um, one thing I got to tell you guys about that's so crazy yes. that's going on, speaking of unemployment, mm-hmm. there is a crazy unemployment scam going on. So – How do you know if you are taxed on these benefits? You get something from your state, which is called the Form 1099-G, which is like, here's your benefits that you got from the state or from the federal government. There are some horrible people out there who seem to, like, they've decided not to prey on seniors on this one. They're going to just prey on people with jobs. (sighs) They get someone's Social Security number. Mm -hmm. They file for unemployment benefits. They direct the unemployment benefits to a different address or a different account Mm. and try to capture these false unemployment benefits. Wow. How do you know that you've been scammed? Right. You are like my sister. You get a 1099G from the Empire State, the great state of New York, that says, hey, sister of Jill, here (laughs) is your tax form for when you file your, your taxes Here's what you collected in unemployment. And my sister says, I was employed. I didn't file for unemployment. She now has to go back to the state, say, I didn't get these benefits. They flag oh, it. No. And they're, and what you really should do, this is a very widespread scam already. It's mm. amazing. Mm. Um, if this happens to you, if you say, oh, don't just throw that out. You've got to go contact New York mm-hmm. and t- or whatever your mm-hmm. state of residence is. Tell them that this is false. You have to go 
to the IRS website and get a PIN number because someone has your social security number who's mm. messing around with you. Ouch. And you don't want that to then become a tax issue. Wow. wow. And this Isn't is, that crazy? It's crazy. And there's so much hijacking of our information. We hear it every day between. Horrible. Yeah. Cyber hacking everything. You know, water systems and towns. And I know. Like, ah. I know. This is uh, crazy making. Really. We're going to go and live in the Catskills up in a cabin somewhere. And I don't want to live in the Catskills. Rainwater. I, don't want, I want to live in New York City. That's where I want to live. It's the same thing I message. I have someone called my show and they're like, oh, I moved to Connecticut to a 5,000 square foot house because uh. I was in a one bedroom. And uh. I said, traitor. <laughs> <laughs> She's freaking crazy. I love her. All right. Words of wisdom. When you're merging your finances, Joanne Ryan joins us next. and Chief Community Engagement Officer at Continental Care Solutions. Good friend, Joanne Ryan. I'm so glad you said yes to this. Aww. Anything for you, Sandy, you know that. <laughs> well, when I think of strong female role models, I think of you. And by the way, you should be totally retired 100% by this point. <laughs> Taking care of those grandbabies, like you said a couple times. Yes, true statement. <laughs> but you're still working. I am. I am. Okay. Catch us up a little bit. If you could give us like a little screenshot of your career life. Well, you know, it, it's been incredibly blessed to have had opportunities um, that have given me a chance to really feel like I am making a contribution. I think that's probably one of the most profound things. Started out as a nurse um, at the bedside, knew at age nine, I wanted to be a nurse and just kind of went really? right at it as soon as I had the opportunity to. Uh, there, there were I just did this the other day. There are nine nurses in our family over time. And it's just, it just was kind of the only thing I ever wanted to be. But that really gave me a tremendous foundation to build from. And um, I was at Rochester Regional Health for 23 years, left there for an opportunity to become the president and CEO of Volunteers of America and totally loved that. Fell in love with the not-for-profit space and the opportunity to really work really in the community and you know, hopefully make an impact. And I believe we did do that. Um, went back to Rochester Regional, uh, worked in their foundation to help with uh, the new wonderful uh, SANS Constellation for Critical Care, and uh, then had this opportunity to actually uh, work with three other partners to launch a software company, Continual Care Solutions, which actually created a platform for not-for-profits. So I've always been in this space and been very blessed to be in this space where you can see that your work has impact and matters, and that's so fulfilling. So, this is a- about empowering others, um, <laughs> specifically women. If we were to just talk about, um, you know, because the goal of this podcast really is to just almost give permission to women to say, I don't get it. I don't know. I feel overwhelmed by it. It's completely fine. I think we all have those moments where we're like, oh God, someone just take care of it. I got too much other stuff on my plate. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And I think that that's the thing. And, and you know, finances is just kind of, it feels like a big giant, like it's going to just swallow you whole if you do something wrong. Yes. And I think the yes. beauty of it is, you know, you, you really, I mean, short of like really like putting all your money, you know, in a tree trunk, you're, you're, you're not going to make a huge mistake that's going to really result in terrible outcomes. But it's the ability to have good resources to turn to other women, other colleagues, you know, your spouse, 
family members, you know, and, and learning from each other's successes as well as maybe their opportunities for challenge. Now, how do you and your husband do it? How has it always been? Because I think that's a big thing, especially when you get into a relationship. Yep. You're both coming from complete different sides of the money story, right? And then you all of a sudden have to merge and agree. How did you guys do it? It's really, and we had, I think, another layer of complexity because we have a blended family. So we were both established in our own careers prior to coming together and the ability to blend families in a way that, you know, we were protecting our family unit as a whole. And then what were the things that were really going to maintain on either side of our financial world because of previous things, um, grandparents leaving money to those children? How do we commingle things? How do we make the decision together? And it is, it's easy to acquiesce to someone who likes it and he likes it. So it's really kind of easy to say, okay, you do it then. But learning from a first relationship, um, I didn't want to be in the dark. I wanted to be able to know where the money was going. I wanted to know what the savings looked like and where we were investing. And though I didn't have the same degree of acumen that he has, he's great about including me. And, he, and I, I use the word force lovingly, but he really does. He forces me to sit down and review with him a couple times a year where we are financially. You know, are we on point for the savings? Um, what are the big things that we want? And, and every December, especially, we really sit down and look at everything. And we look at, you know, the status of our wills even. Is that still current? Do we have the opportunity to know now that we have grandchildren, are they being provided for? 529s for them. And, and the ability to really kind of have me a partner in our financial world versus just being a recipient of, oh, by the way, this is where we are. Yeah. No, your first relationship, you said, you kind of alluded that it wasn't the case that way. Was it because of your choice? You just weren't active in that or? Kind of a combination. I, I, let, it, I let it go to the other person. And in addition, there wasn't the same desire to keep me in the loop. So, so yeah, learning from that. Um, the ability to have also uh, an opportunity to have savings viewed in this uh, life as it's a monthly bill. It isn't an afterthought. Mm -hmm. It isn't something that you do because you have extra money. It is what you do every month as a form of discipline. I, I have found, we have found, that really makes it happen. Otherwise, it's too easy to have other things sort of take precedence that month. Yeah. So what would you say, how you know, and how, however much you would like to reveal to us exact dollar amounts. No, not exact dollar, but you know, <laughs> like, how do you run your budget that maybe somebody listening can be like, oh gosh, okay, I should try that. Like what works for you and your husband? It's really a matter of, you know, it's, you know, all the big rocks go in first, you know, you kind of figure out what are the core things that have to happen. Um, then there's the list of things that you'd like to happen. And then there's the wish list. So we kind of separate them that way as well, because the things you'd like to happen have um, more urgency to some degree versus the things that someday could happen. Um, so, you know, planning for when we're going to change our vehicles, um, you know, we're, it, it's so funny, it's a funny sidebar, but, you know, we have four kids between us. They were all raised in this house during their teen years. They begged for a pool the whole time. And it just, you know, we just know it's too much work, liability, blah, 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 blah. Now we have grandchildren and all they had to do uh, was a pool and we're putting a pool in this summer. So, <laughs> so our four grown children have not let us forget that. But um, the, the humor in that is, you know, these, your, your world changes, yeah. your, you know, where you want to invest changes. And um, 
we are, you know, we are loving life with these babies. We want them here as much as they want to be here. And their parents are grateful for the break. But um, the other side of it is, you know, this is this was something to plan for. It was a big investment that we didn't yeah, think yeah. we were going to be doing. And, um, you know, it. but again, it, it's that constant sort of good communication. It all boils down to that. You know, what does my wish list look like versus his? Yeah. Was it always that easy, though? No, it wasn't. You know, and coming into a blended family where you have already had a structure, mm-hmm. we had to find ways to navigate each other in this. And, and um, finances can be one of the core reasons that, that couples argue. Yeah. And, you know, finding a common language. And, you know, we've been very blessed. We've, this has been one area of our marriage that has, you know, we've not had challenges there. But, but it's been about honest expectations, too. And, now, you have daughters. What yes. did you, well, you have a son too, but what did you tell the kids specifically to the daughters when it comes yeah. to money? Cause I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's by nature that sometimes women pass it off. If guys just naturally love it more, or if they feel like they're pressured to love it more. Right. Cause it's still, it sounds archaic and old school, but yeah. I think it still holds true today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I you really, honestly, it was this kind of conversation to be an active participant in your own financial endeavors, not to be passive to the point where you just acquiesce and don't have a clue what's happening. The funny thing is um, daughter number two is a Susie Orman. Like she just adores her. So you should really interview her. She is a who. Oh, okay. I definitely will. 21 years of age. You know, she's already taken great command of, you know, what she's doing with she, and she's now married. She's 28, 29. And um, you know, she and her husband have, they just bought their first house and, and, and each of the girls, they've all, they're all married. They've all bought their homes. You know, we're so proud of them. They, they saved well. Um, they managed, you know, what they had to navigate through. Uh, there were some student loans. You know, we helped in any way we could, but there were some student loans. And the ability to have, the, you know, that good sense of we have some, something that we can call our own, we can invest mm-hmm. in it, and we're still not house poor. That was the number one piece of advice. You know, you can love the house that you move into, but you have to be able to put furniture in it and heat it, you know, and, and you're going to want to entertain. So you don't want to be so house poor that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, see, that's how I, I am more comfortable with just, okay, well, I'll live by a budget. I'll trim costs where I need to, you know, I don't want to live house poor, like you said, but now it feels like the advice that's out there floating out there is try to find as many ways to make income as you can. So think of it as, you know, four legged table. When one leg gets kicked out, the table's still standing. Well, you can work in many ways to earn income, or you can make your money work for you to earn income Hmm. in a different way. So investing, you know, if you can, you know, diversifying where your money goes. Um, I, I told each of our girls when they were looking for employment, you know, it's a whole package. It's not just what you're, they're going to pay you. So is it a company that invests in you? Would they help you further your education if you chose to do that? Is there a, you know, is there a 403B? Is there a 401K? Is there a match? Um, you know, those are big parts of your whole um, package that, you know, you, you can't, discount just because the dollar amount might look attractive because if you're going to really plant some roots in this in whatever the company might be you want it to work for you in the long run so those kinds of things also help you to generate other forms of of savings that can happen 
um, without you having to work very hard. Yeah. Do you have um, any passive income? That's like the big thing now everybody's talking about, the yeah. passive income stream. You know, we really don't, we don't have like, yeah, you're old school like me, right? Yeah, Just no, we, <laughs> you know, we, don't, we really don't. Um, I think the thing too that has resulted in um, really, I think, a solid sense of where we stand is when we have extra income because of bonuses or recognition or whatever that might be, that that is viewed as part of the budget. It's not just, woo, mad money, yay. It's the uh, rainy day. It's the ability to say, you know, and look at what's happened with the pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. I mean, you know, folks have been completely upended by the nature of having to either bridge their income because of loss of employment, or now they're managing caring for older family members and younger children and the challenges around the expenses associated with that. Our, our oldest daughter, she's so precious, with the kids being home for a while, she's like, I've never cooked three meals every day <laughs> four months on end it's exhausting, it's exhausting. <laughs> grandma take these kids <laughs> no but, but you know the expenses of just being at home all the time yeah um yeah, yeah that's you know it, it, it those are the things i think that can result in in you know that rainy day it, we hear about it we pray it never happens sadly it has happened to a lot of people and yeah. how are they managing through that yeah, absolutely. So your final words of encouragement to women who are obviously listening because they want to be engaged. You know, some women who are listening now are like, this is their first episode. And they're like, ah, it's like, a, you know, you say you're going to work out and you're really good for like the first week and then you fall off. <laughs> I think the, the core of probably any good financial advice, and I am not an expert in this field, but just what has worked for us is, you know, honest communication you know, having the ability to say, you know, that that doesn't feel right because it might be a bigger reach than you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Have that dialogue early. And then I think it's a, really about managing the money and not letting the money manage you. You know, approaching it so that it is, it is treated like it's a monthly bill. Savings is not an afterthought. Um, the ability to think young, very young, 20s, about your 60s, 70s, and 80s is probably not top of mind. But if you do take a moment to think about your future from a retirement perspective, you will make choices that will not feel so encumbering, but they will also be freeing at some point. And I think that's the advice I wish I had had earlier in my life. Uh -huh. is my 20s makes a really big difference about what's going to happen later. And, you know, that there are some savings that are, you know, $2 a month, a week, whatever it might be, yields a million dollars at a certain point. I mean, take those seriously. So those yeah. are my, my sage words of wisdom. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> Joanne, how can we find you and support you? Because I, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about your business or ways that we can support you. Oh, you're very sweet. Um, just really proud to be part of, you know, three other partners that are just uh, they are the brains behind the actual platform, the software side of things. But it is it is a unique way to help not-for-profits really lift and really grow by the nature of helping them to manage their, their revenue more efficiently, as well as to mitigate their risk. And they're doing such incredible, powerful work in our communities. You know, this platform was designed specifically for them, not a retrofit. And we're really proud of that. Mm -hmm. 
because the, the benefits there are that we customize to help them where they are in their journey of service. And their missions are, especially now, um, serving a tremendously vulnerable population. So really proud to be part of that. And so, I would just like to point out, this is kind of like a tie-in to, you know, how sometimes when you feel like finances are overwhelming and it's, it, you just don't get it. So it's hard. So you don't do anything. Well, now you created this company and you and I both will admit we are both not tech savvy people. <laughs> and this is a very tech savvy company, <laughs> but it, is, yet, it didn't stop you. No, you know, and there again, and that standing to your earlier point, I was teasing and said, you know, uh, during demos, I'm not the one running the demo. I'm <laughs> passionately about how it can help. And especially from a clinical side, and from a health and human service side, but um, I, will, I, I jokingly say I will carry the ball. It's not my job to put it in the net, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there, treat your finances like that too. If it, just no. just find someone to help you if you need to, but don't don't make it uh, stop you from doing what you need to do. Okay. Joanne, you're so wonderful. Thank you. How are you? Thank you. This is wonderful. Really enjoyed this opportunity. A fun activity you can do with your kids to teach them about paying yourself first. Grab a chair. We take a seat at the kids' table next. All right, this is the kids' table. Welcome to the kids' table. Susan Beecham is here from Money Savvy Generation. How are you, Susan? I'm doing well, Sandy. All right, so today we asked the question, a very important question. What does it mean to pay yourself first? Here's what the kids said. Um, I think it means... First, have you ever heard that term before? No, okay. but I do think it means maybe setting aside money like a savings for yourself later. Okay. What does it mean to pay yourself first? Uh, it means you have to pay yourself. So you're like at a bank. Mm -hmm. You're like... Can I have like 21 ones? And so the bank gives you um, 21 ones from your bank account. So it's like giving yourself money. Ah, okay. What does it mean to pay yourself first? What it means is giving yourself money first, paying yourself first, and then putting money in the savings. Like you pay yourself and you use that money and then you save whatever you have left. Or Oh, so you pay yourself first means you give yourself money and then you go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is like basic, right? Learning what it means to pay yourself first. You know, these are words. It was interesting that most of the kids had not heard them. Mm -hmm. Now, I heard that all the time from my grandmother, pay yourself first, which means putting money towards your goals first before you pay your necessary expenses kind of putting yourself at the front of the line in terms of who needs to get money first. I heard that from my parents, but my parents and my grandparents, they were of a generation that was impacted by the depression and world wars. And so we aren't necessarily saying pay yourself first to our kids as much because our experiences are different, mm. but pay yourself first are three of the most powerful words you can talk to your kids about. There are different ways to do this. So explaining to them that you always put yourself at the front of the line and you always take a portion of whatever it is that you're going to live on in your budget 
and you put it in the savings category. And you put it there because that money then starts to work for you. You either put it um, in a savings account or you put it in a money market account. You put it somewhere where it's earning something. Granted, I understand savings and money market um, interest payouts aren't great right now, but they're better than zero. So the most important part of pay yourself first and that conversation that you have with your kids is to show them how, to show them how. So when they get their first paycheck, talk to them about, do you have a 401k, which is a retirement account? Does your company match a percentage that you put? So if you put 3%, they'll match 1%. That's free money that you don't want to leave on the table. So Talk to them about how to do an automatic deduction from their paycheck to their 401k. If there is no 401k, talk to them about how to do an automatic deduction from their paycheck into a separate savings account. That's paying themselves first. So an activity you can do with your family is to apply this concept to allowance. And I think it's a wonderful activity because if you put yourself in the position of being the bank for your kids, for a couple of months and you say to them, I'm the bank and I am automatically gonna deduct from your allowance X and I'm going to put it in the bank of mom and dad's savings and I'm gonna pay you an interest rate that I only wish I could get at a bank. I'm gonna pay you <laughs> um, a couple percent interest rate. And then each month sit down and take a look at what they spent money on and take a look at what was set aside and remind them that extra money that you paid to yourself first, it worked for you, it earned interest, it got bigger, and it's still there for you. Mm -hmm. It's still waiting for you, working hard and growing. If you hadn't done this automatic deduction from your allowance, do you think you would have this money waiting for you? Or do you think you would have spent it? The human condition is that we spend what we, what we have that's there, but if it's automatically moved, we begin to live on what is left. To experience that with allowance is a powerful life lesson. And practice. And you always say, this is the dress rehearsal for life when we're not there. That's right. I love it. All right, Susan, how can we find you and follow you? You can follow me at my blog, which is susanbeecham.com. And you can find Money Savvy Generations award-winning products and tools at moneysavvy.com. Perfect. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay, there you go. Another episode. We will talk again next Friday. In the meantime, if you have a question, you want us to answer no dumb questions, just let me know if there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show or if you need help talking to the kids about money, reach out anytime. If you don't mind clicking subscribe, leaving us a rating, a review, share this podcast with the people you care about, that would be awesome. Cheers to each and every one of you who is proud to say you are on your way to being a financially confident woman. Talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.